You're listening to the New Song Students Podcast. I'm Jackson, and I'm the student pastor at New Song Church, located in Oklahoma City. We hope this message builds your faith and helps you to know God better in a greater way today. Enjoy the message. Uh, We are going to be continuing in our series, In Pursuit. Somebody say, In Pursuit. pursuit. Say, In Pursuit. And uh, last week, uh, last week was our first service of the year, and we kicked off this series in pursuit. And we talked about how this this series is not just a series, but this is a word. This is like our mantra for the whole year. God is asking us to do this in pursuit, not just to not just to say it because it sounds good, not just to hear it on Wednesdays, but to do it, to aggressively pursue God. And we talked about. Uh, you know, if we're going to walk in everything God has for us this year, and if we're going to be people who other people see and they're like, there's something different about you. Like, you look, you remind me of Jesus. If we're going to be that kind of person, it's going to require some pursuit. Somebody say pursuit. And uh, we defined pursuit. We talked about how pursuing is not just following. Remember that? Yeah. Talked about how when you pursue something, you're not just following something, but what you're doing is you're actually like hunting it down. And you're aggressively chasing after that thing. Uh, and to help illustrate this, we, we talked about the children of Israel. Remember, they were in that sticky situation. They were feeling some intense pressure. Anybody ever felt intense pressure before? Some of you are like, have you seen my mom angry? <laughs> I have felt intense pressure before. <laughs> uh, they were feeling intense pressure. But instead of, instead of pursuing God in a fresh way, Instead of pursuing God in that moment when they didn't know what to do in a fresh pursuit, they used old methods. They did things that they knew worked in the past, and they were just going to try it again without asking God. And remember, that didn't really help them, right? Kind of bit them in the butt. And so we learned about how we, as New Song students, we want to be people who pursue God fresh. Somebody say fresh. And so uh, tonight, I got a word for you guys. Is that okay if I give this word to you? I am so excited for this one. I really hope you guys are. I want you to lean in. I want you to get, if you take notes, get ready. Uh, But if you don't, just like focus. There's some really good stuff in this tonight that I can't wait to get to you. Um, But we're going to be looking, uh, we're going to be starting off in the book of Exodus. But we're not going to stay here. We're actually going to go to a story in the Bible with one of my favorite characters. You probably like him too. He's this guy named Jesus. Um, We're going to look at a story about him. But we're going to start off in Exodus. Here's what it says. Check this out. Exodus chapter 2. It says, You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself a carved image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in earth below or that is in the water underneath the earth. You shall not bow down to them or serve them. For I, the Lord, your God, am a jealous God. Somebody say, jealous God. I'm a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers of the ch- under the children to the fo- third and fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing steadfast love to the thousands who love me and keep my commandments. Okay, that was a mouthful. What did I just read? Tonight, we're going to be talking about these things called idols. Talking about idols tonight. We're talking about what we worship, Okay. And the title of the message tonight is this. It's Other Things. Look to your neighbor and say, Other Things. Other Things. Okay, let's pray real quick, and then we'll dive into this message. Father God, I thank you so 
much for this word. And I thank you so much for being so good to us, God. I thank you for every single New New Song student in this room. Lord, I pray that you would open up our hearts to receive the word that you have for us. God, if there's anything in our hearts that's keeping us from seeing you, if there's anything in our hearts that's keeping us from pursuing you and hearing your voice, I pray that you would show that to us tonight. Give us spiritual eyes to see what you see in us tonight. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. amen. Okay, I need to know, has anybody in this room ever been jealous before? Anybody ever been jealous before? Uh, We can be real in church. I'm talking like, not just like I'm jealous. Like I'm talking like, have you ever been like jealous where you're like getting dizzy? Dizzy jealous. Where you're like so angry you kind of like don't know what to do? You're like dizzy jealous. You ever been that way before? Uh, Maybe you felt jealous because somebody, I don't know, in your school got the position on the team that you thought you deserved. And it made you jealous. And you got dizzy jealous. Or uh, or maybe, (laughs) maybe... You, when you were a younger kid, like this is when you were a kid, when you were a child during Christmas time, and it's Christmas Day, you're opening presents, and you realize that your sibling got more gifts than you, and you're jealous. And everybody's like, yeah, that totally wasn't this year. Like, that was when I was a younger kid. <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding. But uh, I'm not trying to, I promise you, I'm not trying to be holier than thou right now, but I, jealousy's not something I normally, like, struggle with on a daily basis. Like, I'm not, like, a jealous person, but I, I was able to think of one instance where I got dizzy jealous, where I got like, I'm going to fight you jealous. Is it okay if I share this with you? Story where I got jealous. Um, in the spirit of last week's message, uh, I thought I'd share this one with you because it, it has to deal with young Jackson and young Haley. And uh, if you weren't here last week, I talked about how Haley, my wife, and I got together um, and uh, here's the Sparknotes version. We dated in high school, and then we broke up. And then we dated again, and then we broke up. And then we dated again, again, and then we broke up again, again. <laughs> and then we got back together after high school. That's, that's, our, that's our story, Sparknotes version. So there was a period um, in between where we, we weren't dating for a long time, a three-year period, where one of those years, we were both dating other people, Okay. So we're both dating other people. They're both in band because we were band nerds. Where are, the brand, are there any band nerds in this house? Yeah? Band kids are crazy, y'all. Band kids are crazy. Uh, so, so we're both dating other people. We both didn't necessarily, like, we, went, we didn't love these people. We were just dating them because, I don't know, high school. And there was one day after school where we had band practice and I'm, I'm rushing from my class to go get my stuff before band practice and I'm walking down the band hall and uh, Haley is with this dude and uh, <laughs> I'm walking down the hallway and she's standing with this guy and they're doing like the typical you know high school relationship thing where he's like on the wall like this and like <laughs> Haley's like just looking at him and uh, I'm walking down the hall, and I'm trying not to make eye contact. But I look, and Haley and I make eye contact. And I kid you not, she did this on purpose, y'all. She made, made eye contact with me and then just went in for, like, this big hug, kissed this guy on the cheek. It was elegantly timed. Like, she knew what she was doing. I got dizzy jealous, y'all. I was like, I'm about to punch this dude in the face. And here's the thing. You know what's crazy? I was dating somebody else. Like, she wasn't even mine. 
Like, have you ever been jealous before? And the reason why you're jealous, you like actually don't have the right to be jealous. Like, sometimes we're jealous because we think we deserve something, or we think that's mine, and you know I deserved it. I was that's how I felt in this moment. But I had no right to be jealous. She wasn't even mine. I had another girlfriend. Now, here's the thing: in this passage, God is he's he's uh, pictured as being a jealous God. And I think sometimes when we hear this, we think of like our jealousy, right? Like, we kind of think of, like, like a little kid being jealous about a toy they didn't get. And we're like, why would God be depicted like a jealous God? But here's the thing. Here's the reason why God is actually, he has the right to be jealous. Check this out. Write this down if you're taking notes. This is why God has the right to be jealous, because you belong to him. Like, God actually has the right to be jealous because you are not your own. You belong to him. Check this out. Jeremiah 1.5 says this. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I, who? God? That's right. I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nation. So, New Song students, I need you to answer this question. Who made you? God. That's right. So, so God is not jealous because he's just some, like, angry, power-hungry God in heaven and just, like, doesn't want you to do fun things. He's jealous because you're his, yeah. right? Yeah. So check this out. He's a jealous God. So in that story, you know, I had a reason why I was jealous. Well, what makes God jealous? What makes God jealous? What makes God feel that I'm going to punch somebody right now? <laughs> Jealousy. Well, here's what it is. It's idols. Yep. Somebody say idols. idols. It's idols. So what is an idol? What is an idol. The definition's up on the screen if you want to write it down. It's this. An idol is anything that we put over God or we put before God. And it's something that we look towards to meet our needs. So an idol is anything that we put in front of God or above God or it's something that God wants to meet, like a need in our life, but we look towards these other things to meet our needs. Now, I think most of us could probably read that passage in Exodus and be like, Jackson, I don't struggle with idol worship. Like, I, I could be wrong, but I don't remember the last time I took a stick and carved symbols all over it and started bowing down to it. <laughs> like, Pastor Jackson, I could be wrong. I could be wrong, because sometimes I'm wrong, but I don't remember the last time I bowed down to a golden calf. So I don't think I have a, I don't think I struggle with idol worship. But here's the thing idol worship, it looks different today, but it's the same thing that the children of Israel, that all of these people in the Bible struggled with. It's the same thing. Here's what it is. It's when we pursuit other things. It's when we pursue, aggressively chase after other things. That's what idol worship is. So God's not jealous about the fact that you have wants or that you have needs, because guess what? He made you that way. He's not jealous about those things. He's jealous when you go to other things to fill those needs. Does that make sense, New Song students? So to help illustrate this, I want to look at one of my favorite stories in the Bible uh, about a guy. He's known as the rich young ruler. You're probably familiar with this story. It's found in Mark chapter 10. I'm just going to get right into it. Is that cool with you guys? Okay. Read along with me. Pay attention. Picture this in your mind. It says, as Jesus was starting out on his way to Jerusalem... A man came running up to him, knelt down, and asked, Good teacher, 
What must I do to inherit eternal life? Pause. So far, this guy's done like everything right. Like it actually looks like this dude is pursuing Jesus, right? He ran to him. He even knelt down before him. And then he said, good teacher, like this is looking like a pretty good equation, okay? Everything on the outside looks good, but what happens? Why do you call me good, Jesus asked. Only God is truly good. But to answer your question, you know the commandments. You must not murder. You must not commit adultery. You must not steal. You must not testify falsely. You must not cheat anyone. Honor your father and mother. He says, teacher, I've done all of these things since I was young. Looking at the man, Jesus felt genuine love for him. Time out. Time out, New Song students. I was reading this, and this jumped out of the page at me. Did you see what I just saw? I love this little, this little detail that the Bible gives us. It says, Jesus felt genuine love for this man. So that means everything, what, everything that Jesus is about to say, what is it coming out of a place of? Love. It's coming out of a place of love. It's not coming out of a place of, of hate or anger or anything else like that. It's coming out of a place of, I love you so much. Check this out. What does he say? He says, there's still one thing you haven't done. He told him, go and sell all of your possessions and give the money to the poor. Then you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. At this, the man's face fell and he went away sad for he had many possessions. Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, how hard is it for the rich to enter the kingdom of God? This amazed them. But Jesus said, dear children, it is very hard to enter the kingdom of God. In fact, it's actually easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. Okay, time out. Is Jesus saying rich people don't go to heaven? No. No. Jesus is not saying to us or his disciples, if you are rich or if you have things or if you like stuff, you're not going to heaven. That is not what Jesus is saying. Have you, have you ever read this story before and felt like I'm afraid to like pursue a relationship with Jesus? Because like, what if he like tells me to like give all of my stuff away and move to China or something? Like, that would be really hard, right? I think we've all felt that way at once before, but I think if we, uh, if we don't take some time to like really dig in and see what Jesus is trying to say, we can come out with some strange beliefs. Like, like we could come out saying like, okay, if you want to be a member of New Song Church, you've got to give all of your stuff to us, and then you can become a member. That'd be crazy, right? Unless God like told you to do that. That would be crazy. Like you don't need to give all of your stuff away to, to follow Jesus. You see, Jesus is smart. He knew exactly what he was saying. It's like when you know somebody so well, that you know, like, you know the things to say that make them tick. You ever been there before? Like, you know exactly what to say to this person in a good way or a bad way. Jesus is smart. He knew exactly what he was doing. He knew that the, the, the issue with this man was not his money. The issue was the idol of money. Yeah. Check this out. He, he knew that the issue of the rich young ruler was not that he was rich. That was not the issue. The, the thing that Jesus was trying to highlight was the other things in his life that were keeping him from pursuing a relationship with God. So check this out. What we learn from this story in the rich young ruler is a couple of things. First thing is this. Idols keep me from pursuing Jesus. Idols keep me 
from pursuing. Like, we're talking about pursuing, not just following. We're talking about aggressively pursuing God. Idols keep me from doing that. And the problem is not other things. The problem is not, it, the problem is giving those other things the first in our life, like the top priority. He's not saying that, that you cannot have money and follow me. Jesus is not saying to you that you can't enjoy playing PlayStation 4 and follow me. That's not what he's saying. Jesus is not telling you you're not allowed to express yourself through the way you dress or you're not allowed to express yourself through creativity and follow me. That's not what Jesus is saying. He's saying the problem is when we put those things first. When we look to those things to meet our needs, the things that Jesus wants to meet. He's saying when you aggressively pursue those things, you can't also aggressively pursue me. This is why the Bible talks about a divided heart. In, in Mark, Matthew 6, 24, it says this, you, can serve two ma- you cannot serve two masters for uh, either he will hate one and love the other or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and wealth. Check this out. I'm going to just keep hitting this because I think it's really important. It doesn't say that you uh, can't serve God and have stuff. It says you can't serve God and serve stuff. Does that make sense? New Song students, you can't serve God and also give your life to stuff, to things. In the story of the rich young ruler, we don't see a man who had wealth. He did have wealth, but we don't see a man who had wealth. We see a man who served wealth. Does that make sense, New Song students? It's not that he had wealth. It's that his wealth was what gave him, like, everything he needed. It's what gave him security. It's what gave him control over his life. His wealth met every single one of his needs. It's what gave him his identity. He was literally, in this passage, identified as the rich young ruler. He wasn't just like a man who was rich. He was identified as the rich young ruler. It's because he had an identity placed in his stuff. And sometimes I think we can, I think we think that we can play this balancing act with God. Like we want to serve God, but we also want to like really serve all these other things. And so we go through life trying to do all of these things and also serve God at the same capacity. And God says, you can't do that. We're actually not made to be able to serve God and also give our life completely to other things. That's because God was meant to fulfill all of those needs that you're trying to fulfill through those things. Idols, what they do is they keep us from pursuing Jesus. Uh, And we find ourselves a lot of times in this place where God is inviting us to lay things down, kind of like that rich young ruler. But sometimes uh, we don't hear his tone. Like we don't hear him asking us to do that in love. You know what I mean? All we hear is just lay that down. And we can't even imagine doing life without it. Like maybe, maybe you've ex- experienced it a little bit during this fast. Raise your hand if you're fasting right now. Uh, maybe for you, you decided before the fast started, I'm going to do the Daniel fast. Oh, oh, but you can't have coffee during the Daniel fast? Oh, there's no way I could do the Daniel fast without coffee. I'm just going to not do that. I know that's a little thing, but you see how that's like something I, I can't live without? That's an idol in my life. Yeah. Or, or maybe for you, God's inviting you to take a break from social media. I know that's pretty crazy. I can't imagine life without it. But think about it. If God asked you to do that and you couldn't do that, what would it make social media? That would make it an idol in your life. These are idols. They don't look like the sticks, and they don't look like the golden calves in the Bible, but they're the same thing. Yeah. 
they do the same purpose. They keep us from pursuing Jesus. And, and point number two is this. Idols keep me from hearing Jesus' tone. Now, this point I, I love. I really want you to lean in for this one and hear me on this one. Idols keep me from hearing the tone in Jesus' voice. Remember what the verse 21 said in that verse. It said, looking at the man, Jesus felt genuine love for him. So Jesus, he had like a specific way that he was saying, give up all of your things. He, he had a genuine love for him. Uh, he didn't, but the, the man, the rich young ruler, did not hear the tone. All he heard was, give all of your things away. He didn't hear the love in Jesus' voice. You know, tone is important when we communicate. Words are important, like the words that we say. But how many of you know the way you say it is also pretty important, right? Like the tone, have you ever gotten in trouble for the tone of your voice? Tone is super, super important when it comes to communicating. Like, have you ever had to say sorry to somebody, but you didn't want to, so you were like, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, are you really sorry? Like, you know, when you're really sorry, like when you know I have hurt this person that I love, your sorry has a different tone to it, right? Yeah. It's because you're communicating a different message. The message might be the same, but the tone gives it the message. Are you hearing me, New Song students? So check this out. I think sometimes when we read the Bible, we don't hear the tone in Jesus' voice. Like, I think sometimes we read this, this passage and we read it in a monotone voice. We're like, there is still one thing you have to do. He told him, go and sell all of your things and give the money to the poor and then you will have treasure in heaven. Then come and follow me. <laughs> is that how Jesus said that? No, no, no. It says before that he, he spoke this out of genuine love. So there was a tone in his voice, New Song students. There was, there was a tone of love, a tone of hope. There was an attempt from Jesus to be like, hey, dude, I have so much better for you than your wealth. Yeah. Like, I have so much better for you than these things that you think you need. If you would just trust me and lay it down, I promise, I promise you, you would be better off. Yeah. Like, this is the tone in Jesus' voice. But when we have an idol, what does it do? I can't hear his tone. I might hear his words, but I'm not hearing the tone in his message. But... And this, this is why, you know, passages like Matthew 6.33 where it says, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all things. Somebody say all things. All things will be added to you. We hear the whole seek first part, and that's kind of hard to do sometimes. And we don't hear the tone of this passage where God is saying, Hey, I will take care of every single one of your needs. Every single one of the needs that you have, that you face, It'll fall into place if you seek me first. Sometimes when we have idols in our lives, it keeps us from hearing God's tone. It keeps us from pursuing him. It keeps us from hearing his tone. And finally, as we close tonight, point number three is this. If you're taking notes, you can write this down. Idols are red flags. Somebody say red flags. What? Idols are red flags. What's a red flag? A red flag is a warning, right? It's a warning of a deeper issue. It's kind of like uh, a, a check engine light on a car. Have you guys ever seen a check engine light on a car come up? I used to have, I used to drive this old 2001 Ford Explorer. Uh, her name was Dora, Dora the Explorer. And uh, 
We, we name all of our cars. I hope you guys, too. Cars are important. They need to have names. Um, but Dora, her check engine light was always on. Like, always on. I could not get this check engine light to come off. Uh, but how many of you know, <laughs> if I was to take Dora to the shop, and I, was gonna, and I said, like, hey, my check engine light's on. Can you just turn it off for me? Like, is that the point of a check engine light? No. no, no, no. A check engine light is not the issue. I mean, it is an issue, but it's not the main issue. The check engine light is just a red flag for a deeper issue. You know what I mean, New Song students? Yeah. So in the same way, we're talking about idols. Uh, idols are, they are issues. They can be issues. But really what an idol is, is it's a red flag of a deeper issue that we're struggling with. And you see, the rich young ruler, he made his wealth an idol, but wealth is not necessarily a bad thing, right? So the wealth, that means it was a red flag of a deeper need that the rich young ruler wasn't getting met through God. Does that make sense? So, so and we do this all the time. Maybe for you, uh, you have an idol. Um, like, we all have needs. We all have needs. Maybe for you, your idol is your image, Maybe for you, you spend a lot of time focusing on, on how you look, on how your feed looks on Instagram, on how people perceive you. You're kind of obsessed with this image of yourself, and the reason why is not, and the reason why that's an idol, uh, or, or the reason why that is an idol, it's not bad because it's not bad to like the way you look. It's not bad to express yourself. It's not bad to like a certain thing. That's an issue of a deeper root. Maybe for you, for you, when you are controlling the way you look, it's, it gives you security yeah. or it gives you comfort or it gives you peace. So what does that mean? That means that idol of image is not the main issue. The main issue is the fact that you don't see at God as uh, him having the ability to meet those needs for you yeah. when he wants to and he can. Maybe for you, your idol is your gifts or your talents. Maybe for you, you have an athletic ability. And like your whole life revolves around you being good at this sport. Now, are sports bad? No. no, but if it becomes an idol, that's a red flag of the fact that maybe if you stopped playing that sport, it would be hard for you because that's what gives you purpose in life. Like maybe for you, that sport is what, you couldn't even imagine living without that sport. The, the, the problem is not the sport. The problem is the fact that you don't know what your purpose is. You don't know that God has a purpose for your life and that he loves you. So idols are red flags. And let me be clear. I'm not saying that all idols are good and they're only bad when we put them first. Like I'm not saying like the idol of addiction or the idol of lust is like good if you put it after God. <laughs> it's not like I'll just seek God first and then I'll go look at that stuff on the Internet and it's okay. That's not what I'm saying. That's always bad, right? I'm not saying that pride is good after following Jesus. Like, if you follow Jesus first and then you're prideful, you're good. That's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is that those idols that we all face, the good ones and the bad ones, the idols of lust, of addiction, of depression, all of these idols, they're not the main issue. They're just red flags of a deeper issue. And guess what? God wants to fill every single one of your needs. Jay, if you want to put some music on as we close. I'm talking every single one of your needs, New Song students. We all have needs. 
God created us with needs. You and I have a need to be loved. You and I have a need to be accepted. You and I have a need for peace. We have a need for security. And what happens is when we don't get those things met by God first, we end up going to all of these other things that don't actually fill the need. And then we make them idols. We put them above God. And then we get frustrated when we can't hear him. Or we get frustrated when we go to church every weekend and nothing's changing in our hearts. And what we're not realizing is we've, we've got all of the priorities all mixed up. But God says this. Check this out. In Isaiah 44, 28, he says, He is my shepherd, talking about God. And he shall fulfill all of my purpose. Other translations say, He shall fulfill all of my needs. So New Song students tonight, I want to invite you guys to bow your heads and close your eyes. I think idols are something that every single one of us face at one point or another in our life. And they come and they go. Sometimes we have a better handle on them than others in our lives. But right now, I want to just give you a second to maybe analyze your heart and see where you're at with your idols. Is God first in your life? Are you pursuing him the same way you pursue pursue other things? Maybe for you, God has been speaking to you tonight. Maybe he's revealing a need in your heart, not just the idol, but maybe he's revealing a need in your life that he wants to fulfill. Maybe you're here tonight and you have a need for security. You feel like your life is a mess. You feel like there's no control and you're doing all of these things to control it. But you're getting tired because you're not meant to control it. Guess what? God wants to, God wants you to give that control up to him because he's your security. Maybe for you tonight, you need peace. And you don't experience peace on a weekly basis, like true peace. And so you, you do things like you veg out with video games or you veg out with social media and you just mindlessly scroll to give yourself a sense of peace when really the Holy Spirit wants to give you that peace, the real version. Wherever you're at tonight, I'm praying that the Holy Spirit shows you what that thing is. And tonight when we go into small groups, I, I want to invite you guys to be, to be real, to be honest about where you're at. So many times when we, when we begin to start speaking out what's happening on the inside, God can actually start to do, do a work in our hearts. And so I want to invite you guys to do that. I'm just going to pray over you guys before we head out. Father God, I thank you so much for tonight. And I thank you for calling us this year to pursue you, to be in pursuit of your presence. And God, there are things in our lives that are distracting us. There's things in our lives that we may, put, may be putting before you. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would show all of us what that thing is. Not just, not just show us what the thing is, but show us what the, what the deeper need is so that we can ask you for that, so that we can seek you for you to fulfill that. I thank you so much for every single student in this room. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would minister to us and continue to minister to us as we go into small groups tonight. Lord, we love you. We praise you. It's in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen.